Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Daniel chapter 10. We are continuing in our series, Pray For It. Everybody say, Pray For It. Somebody say, Pray For It. Uh, Pastor Toledo is in Philadelphia at Philadelphia Tabernacle right now. Uh, their service happens at the same time as ours, and he is preaching the same message there. How many know it's a good thing? One church, two locations. Amen? Amen. So we are getting the same message that they are in Philadelphia. Uh, and this is the last week, not of the series, but where we'll be looking at this uh, passage from the book of Daniel. And uh, today we're crossing over into the spiritual realm, if you will. Daniel chapter 10, it builds up to the point where God pulls back the veil of the natural so that we can see what happens in the spirit realm when we pray. And remember, Daniel, in this, in this context, he's on a 21-day fast. We're gonna get a little bit into that as he's weak, uh, and he's, he's choosing not to, to eat. He's gotten a vision of the glorified Christ, which is something that we later see in the book of Revelation. And just like in the book of Revelation, an angel comes and guides Daniel through this vision. And so that's where we find ourselves. Uh, I wanna, we're gonna jump right into, uh, we're gonna start at verse 10, but here's what I wanna ask you to do. I, this is a message for everybody here, this is a message for you online. This is a message for me. But as your pastor, I want to encourage you to do something today. Today, most of the time we look at life and we look at our problems and we look at them head on. And that's good. We need to do that. How many, how many of you know it's good to address things head on, right? But we see things at that level. Today, uh, Pastor Dave says this a lot. I, I hear him say it a lot. I want to ask you to raise your vision. I want to ask you to see things higher today. And what we're gonna, the way that we looked up in worship, Pastor Tim exhorted us, gaze up at the Lord. We're gonna keep our eyes up today. We're gonna look up so that God can give us a different perspective on the world around us. Can we do that today? We're gonna look higher. We're gonna see things above where they really are. This is a, a heavily spiritual and heavenly passage. This is a passage that, as I said, it pulls back the veil of what happens in the spirit realm. Today, we're talking about the spirit realm. Everybody say spirit realm. Spirit. Today, we're gonna to talk about our role in the spirit realm. And Daniel chapter 10 gives us, give us some clues to that. Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 10, it says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel... You who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. Everybody say stand up. stand up. Stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was drained there. I was detained there with the king of Persia. 
Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. And I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one looked at me like a man, touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid. Everybody say, do not be afraid. You who are highly esteemed, he said, peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. We can end right there. Today, the title of the message today is pray for impact. Everybody say impact. Everybody say impact. Now, the impact that I want to talk about today is in the spiritual realm. Because when we impact the spiritual realm, we realize earthly manifestations of the kingdom of God. Everything that we do on earth to make a difference, it starts in the spiritual realm. Daniel understood this. Daniel, he knew that he had an assignment from God to impact the world around him. So at the beginning of the book of Daniel, in the first few chapters, he's in Uh, He's in government. He's in high places. He's favored. But over and over, God uses him to take a stand and to make an impact on the other people for what? The kingdom of God. But now Daniel is older. And many, as we've said before, many of the commentators, they believe that the Israelites have now gone back to Jerusalem and they're rebuilding the temple. But Daniel, because of his high place of influence and because of his old age, has not traveled with them. And so his burden is for the people, for his people who've gone back to Jerusalem. How does he impact them? Through the Spirit. How does he impact them? Through prayer. And that's the impact that is felt in this chapter. That's the impact that is felt in the book of Daniel. Every, I want to say this, the soldier of God, the soldier of Christ, just like Daniel, the soldier of God, we all have earthly missions. We all have earthly assignments that are meant to make an impact on the kingdom of God. Every child of a God has an assignment to work in the spirit in order to make an impact in the world around them. Every person here. So when you walk out of this building, you walk into your workplace tomorrow. You walk into your home today. You walk into your school this week. Wherever you find yourself, as a neighbor uh, in these streets of Chicago, in the suburbs, wherever you're at, you're called to make an influence for the kingdom of God. But that influence, it starts where? In the spirit. So this week, you might have on your, on your uh, heart and your mind this week, you might have things that you are usually seeing at a level perspective. You might have meetings that you have, that you have coming up. You might have difficult conversations. You might have things with a family member that you're trying to navigate through. You might have financial burdens. You might have whatever you're encountering. God's saying right now, that meeting that you have, don't see it head on right now. See it, see it higher and pray for it. That, that family situation, don't see it head on, see it higher, and what? Pray for it. 
that financial burden that you have today. See it from a kingdom, heavenly perspective, how God can answer. Don't just look head on what? Pray for it. Everybody say, pray for it. Everything this week that you're gonna encounter, God says, I want you to impact it before you go in there. That, that boardroom, that, that office that you're walking into, that classroom, before you walk in, even before you walk in, you can make an impact. How? Pray for it. Pray for it. The impact that you can make in the spirit is, uh, is beyond any, uh, any attack of the enemy. It's beyond any explanation. God can use you right now to make an impact on eternity through your life this week by praying for it. Everybody say, pray for it. And we wanna pray for impact this week, amen? We wanna pray for impact to not miss the opportunities to impact the kingdom of God. Life is too short to miss, to miss the opportunity, amen? Jay Little Baxter said it this way. He said, men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. Whatever you have this week, they are helpless against your prayers. The obstacles you face this week, the mountains you face this week, the mountains that you face next month, next year, they are helpless, what? Against your prayers. Pray for it, Jesus says. Pray for it, the word says. Pray for it, the spirit is saying. You can make an impact on this earth, but where? Through the spirit realm. That's why Martin Luther, we've said this before, but Martin Luther said, I'm so busy today, I need to spend four hours in prayer instead of two. I remember being, an early, being a, a new believer and, and thinking, that's, that's a great quote about prayer, but I still don't get it. You still gotta do stuff, right? Isn't two hours enough? But he was saying, no, no, you know what? The busier that you are for God, the more opposition that you're gonna get. And the more opposition that you're gonna get, the deeper you need to go into the spirit realm. This week, God is calling you, you right here in this room, you online, God is calling you to a deeper place in the spirit realm. God is calling you, you've been deep places, God wants you to dig deeper wells. There are deeper wells for you to make. There are deeper places for you to go. There are deeper spiritual impacts for you to make. You know, you may look at your schedule this week and you may say, you know, this week, this week, it looks like any other week. But no, you can dig a well today to make a deeper spiritual impact than ever before. Those conversations, the, the drive-by conversations that you have with a neighbor, the water cooler conversations that you have at the office, meetings, important meetings that you have at the office, uh, interactions with a, with a schoolmate or with a classmate, any, in your home as a father, as a mother, as a wife or a husband. God can take those, those conversations, those interactions, he can make them deeper, but it starts in the spirit realm. It starts in the spirit realm. So we wanna today, we wanna pray for impact. Everybody say impact. God, help our prayers go deeper. Help our prayers go further. Help us make a spiritual impact for us to pray for, pray for and make a, like, lay the groundwork as we go about our lives. Amen? Amen. So before we look at how, at, the, at how prayer makes an impact on the world around us, I want us to pray. Close your eyes with me. God, 
Lord, I lift up every person in this room to you. Lord, I lift up every person watching online right now, oh God. They are yours. They're in your hands. And God, we pray right now that you would help us to go deeper in you. That you would help us, Lord, to, uh, to take new ground in the spirit. Lord, that you would help us, oh God, Lord, to, to learn from this life of Daniel, oh God. And Lord, you would help us to see things in the future, but Lord, to lay the groundwork in the spirit realm, oh God, so that our conversations, so that our words, so that our influence could have a deep, deep impact. We don't want impact for a day, oh God. Lord, we want to leave a legacy like Daniel did, oh God. Lord, help, help the people of this church be the church outside of these walls, oh God, by first laying the impact laying the groundwork of the spirit realm, oh God, in everything that they touch, oh God. So God, right now, would you meet us? Lord, let, uh, Lord, hide me behind your pulpit, oh God. Lord, use your word, oh God, to take us deeper, to take us further, and to encounter you in today in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen, amen. amen. So I wanna get right into it. The first impact that prayer creates for us is that prayer starts the battle. How many of you know there's a battle in the spirit realm? There's a battle, there's a war in the spirit realm. It's for your heart and it's for your attention. But the prayer, prayer, it starts that battle. When you start praying, you start a war. And this may not be, you may say, well, I don't, I don't really like the sound of that. We say, I'm not, I'm not trying to start something. But prayer, it starts a war. How many of you know, it may not be good to start a war, but if the enemies, if, if Satan is against you, you're not, you're not in bad company. Prayer starts a war, and prayer starts a war with you being on the right side. Amen. Don't, here's the word of the Lord to you. Don't be surprised by the war. Because that's what prayer does. One of the main reasons the enemy discourages us is so that we stop praying. Oftentimes, if you're not in a battle, if you don't feel like you're in the war, maybe the enemy, the enemy's taking the, the brakes off your life, and he says, you know what? They're fine, they're, they're right where I want them. They're not praying, okay? Every person here, when you pray, just know it starts a war. Sometimes it starts a war that we feel right away. Sometimes it starts a war that we feel uh, days or weeks on end. But prayer, it starts a war, and it, but it leads a battle that leads to true blessing and, to victor, and true victory. It's, it's not immediate. Sometimes it's not immediate, but you know what? The, the things in life that are worth getting, they're not, they're not always immediate. This isn't microwave. This is, this is put it in there and let it sit. Jesus is saying, God is saying through his word that he says, take, you know, take up the battle and the battle's gonna come, the war's gonna come. But how many times in that passage did, did, Dan, did it say to Daniel, stand? The word of the Lord for us today is stand. Because prayer starts a battle and prayer starts a battle we're not supposed to run. True blessing in the spirit realm, true blessing is in the spirit realm, it's not in the natural. That's why, you know, sometimes you encounter somebody and they'll say, uh, you say, how was your day today? Oh, uh, it was great. And then you start to hear more about your day, their day, and they're like, it's like their car broke down. And, uh, um, and they're flooding, there's flooding in their basement. 
and, uh, and, and whatever ha ha else happens. He said, how could you be good? Oh, well, well, God met me this morning. It's okay. And I'm not saying that happened. Amen. God can meet us. But it's those situations, it's those times where Jesus can help us make an impact in the spirit realm. And we know that everything else is going to be all right. Prayer, see, you can secure success in the natural, but it's not always true blessing. The, the New Testament equivalent of this passage, I believe, is Ephesians 6. And Ephesians 6, 12, it makes this, this point for us. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers. Another translation says the principalities of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What does that mean? That means that, that in life, you may feel like, like everything's a battle. You may feel like every person becomes a battle and it's not the person, it's powers, it's, it's forces against you. The enemy's trying to use different things to stir you up. The enemy's trying to use different things to discourage you. The enemy's trying to use different things to offend you so that you will be discouraged and brought back and you won't pray. All of the enemy's strategy is so that you won't pray. See, it's... It's kind of like this. Um, if you're a, a history nerd or no history at all, you'll know that in ancient Rome, uh, ancient Rome, the Romans became so powerful in the world uh, because they, not necessarily because of their army, not necessarily because of their form of government, but it was because of their strategy in building infrastructure and roads. The Romans, the roads that they built thousands of years ago, the, the aqueducts that they built thousands of years ago, are, some of them are still in operation. And the reason that it was so groundbreaking and so important to their, uh, to their conquering of, of all of this land, of all of this territory, of all of these, these people, is because it allowed them to get places. It's that simple. It allowed them to get places. It allowed them to get water to places. Usually, and, and before then, all civilization, it was, it was along waterways. Well, now they could, they could transport water. Now they could transport people. Their armies could transport different places easily. And there's a saying th that was, that there was a saying back then that we still hear sometimes now as a colloquialism, but, but then it was, a, it was a reality. All roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to Rome. Anybody heard that before? All roads lead to Rome. So look, right here, these are roads now, today. This little dot right here is Rome. There are roads still to this day that just from all over Europe are leading back to Rome. Why do I say that? Because prayer is the infrastructure of your life. Prayer, God has designed it so that prayer, so that your impact in the spiritual realm is the infrastructure of your life. Everything else flows from it. Without that, you're stuck. Without that, we're not making impact. Without that, we don't have the real, true blessing that comes with, with, with life. We have, we have a earthly success, but we don't have eternal or heavenly blessing. We don't have blessing that lasts. And here's what the enemy wants to do. 
if you, if you read up on, on military history, the best, the best armies, the best navies, the best militaries, they would sabotage infrastructure first. They would attack roads first. They would attack because roads would, would carry food along. It would carry, they, would, they would attack aqueducts first. It would, they would make it so that militaries can't go places and so that people would be isolated. The enemy's plan is to attack your infrastructure. Sometimes the, the, sometimes the enemy won't attack everything else around you. He'll just attack your, your, your focus, your energy, anything. Your, he'll distract you, anything that he can do to get you to stop praying. Prayer starts a battle and it's a battle for you to stop praying. The enemy says, I don't want this battle. I don't want them, them uh, communicating with God because God answers prayer. That's where things happen. Daniel was praying. He got a vision. He's praying. And the enemy said, I'm going to hold up the answer to that. He was waiting 21 days. Daniel was waiting 21 days for that answer. Sometimes in that waiting, we can get discouraged. Sometimes in that waiting, we can stop praying. Sometimes in that waiting, we can get discouraged and we can start to ask, why isn't this happening? Does God not love me anymore? Does God not want what's best for me? Does God, is not God not on my side? And the answer is God is on your side. God is answering you. The answer is coming, but the, but the enemy, he's trying to sabotage your prayer life. Today, God says, don't be surprised by the war. And it's a war with who? With Satan. It's a war with the enemy of your soul. It's a war over your attention. Because when we start to take our attention off of God, we start to take our attention off of praying for, for impact, then our impact lessens. Then we start to get, we can get earthly success and not realize that we're now making a heavenly impact. You know, the, the way that this plays out from, as a pastor, um, just this past week, I had two different, uh, I, I shared one of this with the, the pastors this morning. I forgot about the other one. I met two different people this, this week who just came up to me and said, hey, uh, uh, I go to your church. I, I had never met them before. What, they, both of them, they started coming online. And they said, and and. And I met them. They started to tell me what God's been doing in their lives. And it was incredible. And I walked away from that. And I, I realized, I know a lot of people in our church. I never met them. But we pray on Sundays. Our intercession team prays on Fridays. We pray on Tuesdays. Our staff prays on Mondays. We, we pray all throughout the week. God, help us make an impact. God, this, this church, there's, there's a lot of things going on, but what we want to do above anything is make a spiritual impact. We want people to be saved. We want them to be healthy. We want them to encounter you, God. Make an impact. And you know what? I saw with my own eyes today, we pray and God answers. For your life, you pray, God answers. You start to pray for an impact, God starts to make an impact. You start to pray for new ground in an area of your life, God starts to give you new ground. But you have, we, how many of you guys know, it starts at the throne of grace, it starts at the altar. Leonard Ravenhill said it this way, he said, if you're not praying, you're playing. If we're not, 
You could do everything. You could, you could quote all the best Bible verses. You could, you could witness to, to everybody on your block, to every family member that you have. You could quote every verse, every, you could make social media posts. But I mean, you guys know, real impact, it's made at the throne of grace. If it's not done in prayer, it's not really done at all. Pastor Simba said, when you take ground in the spiritual realm, you take ground everywhere else. Everything, 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 it starts in the spirit, amen? But here's the thing, it's a battle, but it's a battle not with people, but it's a battle against principalities and powers. See, the Bible is clear about that, that we read in Ephesians 6, and we can often deceive ourselves by confusing our earthly successes or losses with our spiritual ones. See, earthly success does not equate to spiritual wisdom or success. That's why it's all at the throne of grace. Many Christians, see, I wanna read a passage from the Apostle Paul, and we look at things, we can get so deceived and start to look at things in spiritual in, in earthly terms. We can start to see things as earthly success and wisdom and not spiritual ones. And the Apostle Paul, he dealt with this too. You see, a lot of us, if, if the Apostle Paul was alive right now, he'd be really criticized. Why? Why do I say that? Because he was really criticized back then. Look at what, look what he said in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul says this, and it gives you insight into what's going on. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters. He was regarded as an imposter, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and not yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. See, Paul was giving a defense of his ministry. He was saying, hey, I'm being criticized on this side and I'm be being criticized on this side. I'm just staying in the middle. Oftentimes we can judge what other people are doing and then we don't realize that the way that we're judging, it impacts the way that we're judging ourselves. You see, beware of judging others. Beware of judging spiritual leaders, but beware of judging anybody else. Because when you start to do that, then you start to lose sight of seeing what's really impactful in the mirror. And the reason that's important is because so many times we can be so, the enemy's fickle and our own, our own flesh is fickle. We can be so deceived so easily, you, me, everybody here, into judging things on earthly success. They looked at Paul and they said, hey, it's not looking the way that we think it should. If Paul was here today, those the detractors would say the same thing. How foolish does that sound? He wrote, he wrote a majority of the New Testament. But Paul, he said, no, you're gonna judge, 
I'm going to stay right here. The enemy can get us by distracting us. It's a war, not against people, not, ju- not in judgments against others. It's a war against principalities and powers. Here's how, uh, here's how um, an author, Lisa Bedrick, said it. The problem is we don't fight about the wrong, right things, and we do fight about the wrong things. We aren't getting in the battle that we should, and so we fight over petty, insignificant things. We are soldiers created for fighting against the enemy, Satan, but instead we fight against each other. Does that sound familiar? The last couple years, does that sound familiar? Church of, of Jesus Christ right here in this room, we are called to fight against Satan and Satan alone. Amen. We are called to fight against the, princi- the principalities and powers of evil and darkness, not against people. People are not our enemy. Principalities and powers are. And the enemy, he would love to get you distracted so that you're fighting the wrong enemy. Because when you start to fight the wrong enemy, then you realize, oh, okay, I've got people lining up with me. They're agreeing with me. This is going okay. This is okay, going okay. And then he distracts you and he gets you to stop praying. And when you stop praying, you're out of the presence. And when you're out of the presence, everything, everything goes down. We have to look at how we're judging. And we have to look at what we're really aiming at. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Chrissy and Pastor, they were, they were at Philly Tab, just like they are right now. And they're on the way back. And they happen to sit next to uh, someone that they, uh, Pastor kind of recognized them, but wasn't sure exactly who he was. And it turned out to be Doug Collins. Does anybody know who Doug Collins is? That was about a quarter of the room. So I'm gonna explain. But a quarter of the room was like, oh yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, Doug Collins, it's, it's not a coincidence that he was flying from Philadelphia to Chicago because in 1974, I believe it was, he was drafted number one in the NBA um, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Four-time All-Star, uh, stayed, uh, he, was, he went to the NBA Finals with Julius Irving on the 76ers. Injuries cut his career short. So then he wound up being a coach and he was a coach for Michael Jordan with the Bulls here for five or six years. They went to a couple Eastern Conference championships. Uh, He's the guy who was before Phil Jackson. And when Phil Jackson took over, Michael Jordan was fuming because he loved Doug Collins. So Doug Collins, he's also an Olympic medalist. He was, so he's on a plane and he's next to Chrissy. And they strike up this conversation. Chrissy starts to tell him about her book. Chrissy says, I'm, uh, um, I'm a pastor's wife. My pastor's here on the, pl- or my, my husband's here on the plane. And they start to talking. And Doug, is, Doug Collins is going through photos and showing her uh, photos of him and, and Michael Jordan, him, photos of him and Kobe, photos of, of him with a gold medal in the Olympics. But then he has this bracelet on. And the bracelet, it has these two words. It says abandonment and rumination. And Chrissy asked about the bracelet. He said, well, I'm a Christian too. And he said, these are my battles. He said, I keep it on a, on a bracelet like this so that I fight the battle, but so that I don't let them overtake me. 
You see, he's aware of a battle that's taking place. He's a Christian, and, and in the recent, in recent couple of years, he's become on fire for God, and he's realized even he's, uh, I don't know how old he was, but, but he got drafted in the 70s, so you could do the math. And his, as he's mature and he's, he's growing, he's saying, you know what? I still have these battles, and I cannot let the enemy distract me with these battles. I need to keep them on the front of my mind so that I keep battling. We're called to fight. And we're called to fight the enemy. He's after, he's after the world around you, but he's after you. You realize in Daniel chapter 10, the enemy's after Daniel. Daniel's trying, he, he, he's saying, no, don't, get, don't let that answer get to him. Don't let that answer get to him because he's making an impact. I want to stop that answer right there. The enemy, he wants to, he wants to isolate you. He wants to distract you. Doug Collins, he has that, this bracelet on his wrist. He says, you know what? I have to reject it and resist it every time the enemy attacks. And he, he said this. He said, every time that I feel like the enemy attacks me with abandonment or rumination, I just say, God, I will walk in your victory. Amen. How many of you know the battle is already won? We are fighting a defeated foe. He does not have power over you. He can only, he can only exercise power to distract you. And so when we walk in that, when we say, you know what, I, am, I know that my prayer, it starts a battle, and God, I'm ready to fight, then we can start to wrestle in God's strength. Hallelujah. How many of you know God gives strength? Prayer wrestles in his strength. Amen. Go back and read Daniel chapter 10. You'll see over and over it says, I was strengthened. I was given strength. I was, I was brought up. I was, I, he, he asked me to, uh, we read it. It said, stand up. And he stood up and he still felt weak. And then later in the passage, he's, he's standing and he felt strong. God can give strength to his people. I, the, in Daniel, Daniel's, so uh, quick thing on the book of Daniel. Daniel's 12 chapters. The first six chapters are very historical. And it's these things that happened to Daniel. That's where we get Daniel in the lion's den. That's where we get the three Hebrew boys in the fiery, uh, in the fiery furnace. Daniel's, Daniel chapters 7 through 12, they mirror the book of Revelation. And it's, it's visions for the future. It's revelations for the future. However, in, in light of all of that, many commentators agree that the central theme of the latter part of the book of Daniel is not revelation, it's not visions, it's not prophecies, it's not what's to come. The central theme is that God gives his people strength. Because over and over, God is giving Daniel strength. Can I tell you something today? Over and over, God wants to give you strength. God wants to give you strength for the battle that you have ahead. God has given you strength in the past to, to come where you are. And next week, God is going to give you new strength. The week after that, God can give you new strength. Look, Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. I was walking in here and I read this. I have a... Um, we read in the NIV earlier, but I have a Bible that I carry in my bag. It's a net Bible. The translation is NET. And I read it, and this is what the net Bible said. 
Verse 16, then one who appeared to be a human being was touching my lips. I opened my mouth and started to speak, saying to the one who was standing before me, sir, this is Daniel speaking, sir, due to the vision, anxiety has gripped me and I have no strength. Has anxiety gripped anybody today? Has fear gripped anybody today? Is anxiety tugging at you? Is anxiety tugging at your, at your feet? Is fear crouching? Is, is fear trying to grab you today? The, the Bible, the Daniel, Daniel, he, he sees that. Daniel can resonate with that. Daniel, Daniel, when we read Daniel, Daniel has experienced that. That anxiety that you have, Daniel's been there. But what happened to Daniel? Daniel looked up. What did I say earlier? I said, today we're gonna look up. Daniel looked up. Daniel looked up and God gave him what? God gave him strength. Is it gonna be easy? No. But can God give you strength? Yes. Can God give you strength today? Yes. Do you have anxiety today? God can give you strength. Do you have fear today? God can give you strength. Are you battling with loneliness today? God can give you strength for the battle ahead. That's why, you know, there's a, I believe it was Robert Murray McChaney, and he said, when I'm in the will of God, I'm invincible. Why is that? Because when you're in the will of God, is everything going to be perfect? Maybe not. Is everything going to look the way that you thought it would? Maybe not. But if you're in the will of God, God will over and over and over give you strength to keep going. So the, the assignment that you have for your life, the assignment that you have this week, the things that you know that you have to do, you ever, you ever get, get a prompting from God and you say, you know what, I need to have that conversation. You know what, I need to, to change this thing about me so that so I'm a light to others. You know, I need to, I need to reach out to, to that person. Sometimes those things can be easy, but how I many of you guys know, sometimes a lot of them, they're, they're harder than we give them credit for. And if we don't do them, we start to put them off. But God's saying, no, do them. And if it seems hard, guess what? I'm gonna give you strength. Over and over in this passage, and really it's over and over in the book of Daniel, Daniel gets weak, gets overwhelmed, it's riddled with anxiety. Anxiety grips him. And then what happens? God gives him strength. Because look, let's read the end of this. He said to me, don't be afraid. You who are highly valued, peace be to you. Be strong. Be really strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. I said, sir, you may speak now. Why? for you have given me strength. God, today you can speak to us because you gave us strength. And when you speak to us, it's gonna help us to hear next time. Why? Because you gave us strength. And then after that, God, you can, God, keep speaking to me because you keep giving me strength. Prayer wrestles, but it doesn't wrestle on your own. Prayer, it wrestles, it takes on that fight. And then it says, God, it says, God, I'm wrestling, but I'm wrestling with your strength. I'm standing, I'm fighting.
The main, the, some of us have been in a war and God is literally going to make us feel better. We have felt weak. We have felt tired. We have felt gripped with anxiety. We have felt uh, arrested with fear. We've, we've, but God, he can what? He can give us strength. God can quicken us. He can literally make us feel better. Ephesians 6, we, we read a little bit of this, but I wanna read the full passage now. Ephesians 6 says this, finally, build up your strength in union with the Lord and by means of his mighty power. Put on all the armor that God gives you. Put on the armor of God so that you will be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this dark age. And then here's how it ends. So put on God's armor, when? Everybody say now. now. Don't wait. Today is the day to be strengthened. Today is the day to stand. Today is the day to take action. The, the kingdom of God, it's, it's, not a, a, it's not a place of, of, of observation. It's not a place of, of watching from the sidelines. It's a place of participation. God says, I want, you to, I want you to make an impact in the spirit realm. I want you to pray. And when the enemy comes and tries to discourage you, guess what I want you to do? I want you to pray. And when he comes to discourage you and he tries to make you weak, I'm gonna strengthen you. And then I'm gonna have you to pray. Over and over and over. I'm gonna make an impact. Then when the evil day comes, you will be able to resist the enemy's attack. And after fighting to the end, you will still what? You'll still hold your ground. The word of the Lord today is keep fighting in his strength and peace. Keep fighting until the battle's won. We fight by the strength and power of God. This is talking about the now. It's saying today, now, don't let another day go. Last thing, and then I wanna close. I was talking to somebody this week. I've been walking with him on a journey and uh, um, long story short, he's taken some, some courageous decisions or some courageous steps, some bold decisions. And then he had, a, he had a bout of discouragement. We've all been there. He said, you know what? I just, I don't feel like I'm supposed to keep going. And it's like, God didn't change his mind in a matter of a few days. He didn't change his mind in a, in a week. The word of the Lord is keep going. It's always too soon to quit. Too many times in the, in the, in the spiritual battle, we come up against a, an opposition and we say, no, not supposed to go there. No, this is saying, no, keep going. I'm gonna strengthen you. What are you, what are you grappling with today? Is it anxiety? Keep going. Is it fear? Keep going. Is it discouragement? Keep going. Is it loneliness? Keep going. Are there, are there earthly resources you don't have? God says, keep going. I'm gonna strengthen you. Strengthen means to provide resources. He's gonna provide for you. He is going to strengthen you in the name of Jesus. But keep going. We get, when we get in his presence, we fight in his strength. 